This podcast is created in partnership with Film Studies and the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences at the University of Sydney. We acknowledge the tradition of custodianship and law of the country on which the University of Sydney campuses stand, as well as the Darug people, where we all grew up. We pay our respects to those who have cared for and continue to care for country. I wish I knew how to quit. I see all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Get away from her, you bitch! I'm gonna go, do you want me to go f***ing flash your lights? Take two. Film verse. Film. Hello, listeners, and thanks for joining us on this very special Western Sydney episode. You're listening to Film vs. Film, the show where we normally throw two different films into the ring, discuss their place in history, their modern virtues, and how they stack up against each other, which film will hold up and which film will be left on the cutting room floor. But in today's episode, we're collating all of our memories of growing up on Darug land in Western Sydney, a space that has defined us as people and influenced our cultural and political perspectives for the better, I would say. I definitely think think for the better. Today we're creating a map of memories, and as always, those memories are strongly associated with films because that's what we love, right? Yes. Sorry, sorry to bother you, boys. <laughs> Thanks for putting us on the spot, Craig. Okay. So far, our ethnographic and geographic discussions have taken us from the foothills of the Blue Mountains, along the Nepean River, across the north to the Parkley <laughs> Markets. Down to Blacktown Drive-Ins at Prospect, shooting west to our hometown of St. Clair and settling north on the train line to the suburbs of Rudy Hill, Mount Druitt, St. Mary's, Kingswood, Penrith and Colleton. If you're familiar with these towns or grew up there in the 80s, 90s and 2000s, then this episode is just for you. Now, if you grew up loving films and living in suburbia anywhere on earth, I think this episode will also resonate with you. Yeah, because for me... One of the things I've loved about this podcast is that we get to reminisce. Mm. And it's I've been stoked at the degree to which our lives were informed by memories of movies. Yes, I, and yes, I, see, so I like that. So many people have got that. Yeah, I like that because I think of our lives as completely like intertwined with movies, right? So yeah. when I think about fun memories or fun adventures or cool things that we did, mm. they often involve going to the movies or talking about a movie yeah. or sharing that experience. So, yeah, the, the, I love this, Craig. The geography and the movie linked together is so cool. I think a lot of kids grew up loving sport and seeing the world through a sporting lens or a mm. religious lens or a, a, another cultural lens, especially if you're living a diasporic existence in Western yeah. Sydney and you, you're seeing things through the lens of your parents or your grandparents. Yeah. But we grew up. Just talking about movies. That yep. was our commonality. And also, the interesting, you're Australian. Craig's yes. family's Australian. I'm white Australian. Yeah. Craig's white Australian. And I, I have tattoos but of uh, swastikas <laughs> to prove it. But Hirsch and I come from South Africa. So we're not white Australian. But because of the nature of apartheid, my parents and entire fa- our parents and entire family like tried our very best to assimilate and assimilate fast. So it's really different mm to the experience of some of these communities you're talking about, like second-generation migrant communities yeah. who, who were, like, living through their cultures. So I think, you know, the dominant culture, I don't know, for, for Ursula, I think would, I would say American Hollywood. American yes, pop that culture. That was our but culture. That, that was right? my culture. Yeah, that that's was, the weird thing. But, when you grow up as a white boy in, in the Western suburbs yeah. or anywhere, I guess, if you don't like the Bogan stuff on TV, which it always made me go, yuck, that's not yeah. me, that doesn't feel like me, nothing in Western Sydney was like that, 
So cinema became mm. my culture, yep. similar to you boys. That's how I yes. just mm. understood the world. It's also in a way, it's kind of like a part of us. So when I think about what I wanted to be as a kid, and, you know, those dreams that went unrealized is <laughs> that we watched Jeez. movies and we read books and we yeah. listened to music and we connected with those ideas and it's American pop culture. Yep. That's where this all gets informed. And, and you know, it sounds completely cliched and you talk to any artist and they would say this, but movies were like a window to some other world, mm. right? A way for you to imagine something. Yeah. And whether for good or bad, the movies that we gravitated toward was Hollywood. Right, mm. and that's not. All. I, in fact, when I got to university, I realized then that it's a particular kind of mm. coming of age. Right, not everybody did that. But that's a lovely thing in itself. When you first encounter another way of telling stories, and and you realize there's an entire world out there of things you've never seen before. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Oh, it made me so happy to get to uni, and un, yeah. and then I was so to, empowered by that. Yeah, like different ways of doing mm. stories because I also did performance study, so yeah. I learned a lot about performance theory, and I was just in love with the idea that oh, it doesn't have to be just movies, and there's yep. other things I can do. And soon, you know, I became such a nerd, spending every summer at the library out in Western Sydney, mm. that I just loved it. And that there were other ways to tell stories, not just in movies. Definitely, you and know? but it was also like I went through a whole period of time where I kind of saw it as my general education. Mm. So I was extremely disciplined for about, I would say, like, Herschel, you'd gone to ANU, we were all at uni, I wasn't happy at uni at all. Um, I used to literally just go to the video store and I'd like borrow Fellini mm. and just watch it because I thought I should be doing this. So that kind of education only came from university for me. Yeah. And that was like... Imagine your eyes being open to yeah. all these other possibilities. It was right? like, I felt like in 2001, like yeah. the, the spaceship moment, yeah. that sitting in the university library because they had little TVs there. Yeah. I just got the bus from St. Clair every day, the 835 bus that went to Kingswood campus. Yeah, Kingswood I got campus, out, went, yeah. walked up to the library, spent the whole summer vacation just watching movies yeah. and just videos about stuff. And it blew yeah. my mind. It was so exciting. Yeah. Well, we haven't introduced ourselves. Well, my name is Mr. Anderson. Thank you very much. And as always, I'm joined by my two best friends from primary slash high school, our resident cinephile who left our hometown as soon as he could. <laughs> is that fair? That's not fair. It's Herschel Isaacs. Yeah, I mean, going to ANU was obviously a complete game changer for me, but it's a weird thing because I missed some of the connections that you both had mm. after I went mm. to ANU. So our lives kind of separated at that point into a into a tangent or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah it so was I think that really, was interesting. It was like a seismic change for all of us, I yeah. think. You became like the coolest you know? dude on earth and we were like I mean, sad Herschel, But Herschel and I made like a conscious <laughs> decision to, we had to split up. Yeah. Because we had become so much like Jeremy Irons in Dead Ringers yeah. that we yeah. really yeah. had to redesign our lives. When we forward. started planning to actually live like Jeremy, like, <laughs> yeah. like when but, I enrolled in a gynecological degree okay, at Western okay. Sydney. Okay, now we're also joined by this guy who was always determined to go to the handball courts as soon as recess started. <laughs> it's the Associate <laughs> Professor of Film at the University of Sydney, Dr. Bruce Isaacs. Yeah, thank you, Craig. It's, I, uh, Who was I best at, re at, at handball? Gohan. Well, I know Gohan was, but what about us three? I was the we, worst, I think. We were, I mean, we were pretty good. Remember we started, we partnered up with people? Yeah. Matthew oh. Breen was my partner, remember? The dude oh, from school? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think my partner was Glenn David for the most part. 
Can I just say, Matthew Breen believed that um, in 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 China they would shoot extras because it was cheaper. <laughs> Is that than true doing though? You've been pitching that line. No, he, didn't, like, he said that. He said, said that. that. He, said he, said that. that. he said that. He said that. I remember that they're eight. shooting extras in China. <laughs> yeah, but it's just one of those <laughs> yeah, rumors. Kids tell each other. You know, it's crazy. He also talk. said that um, that if you rolled out. Like your intestine, it would get from here to the moon. The moon. And I, I, I go to him, all right, man, like it's, it's going to be long. I'll give you that, but it's not going to the moon. That's the kind of chatter you two are doing on the inside. <laughs> on, the, the, uh, on the handball. I'd hate to say it, but the dunce square. <laughs> Remember Gohan? And you did the, the yeah. through the legs yeah. shot? Yeah. Gohan was yeah, a lot of, Those are amazing memories. I like, mean, I was amazed that at his through the leg shot because you know it's nice to three see now. And he's eating the ball between his Kids legs. Kids are still amazing. playing handball. I love that. Yeah, you excellent. know, like for us, it was an obsession for at least five years. Now, even though this episode is going to feature some clips from previous episodes where we talk about locations from our childhood, I thought I'd kick it off by reminding you both of our foray into basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yes, God. now, if, if you've seen the documentary... Hey, can you just tell everyone how tall we are, though? Just, just out of interest. We're right? three of the shortest dudes you'll ever meet. <laughs> yeah. um, now, if you've seen the documentary series The Last Dance, you'll know that NBA <laughs> fever took over the world, uh, including the suburbs of Western Sydney. The time zones all had NBA jam, and yeah. that was an arcade. Uh, the, the VHS stores were full of compilation videos of NBA dunks cut to hip-hop music, and the NBL was taking off. And the least Sydney Kings were huge. Yeah, for Kings. Us. Yeah, Dwayne that? D. McLean. That was the Australia. That was the Sydney team in the NBL, which was the National Basketball League. And then at Australia. the time, the three least athletic boys in <laughs> high school decided to form a basketball <laughs> but team. But you know why that happened? Do you remember after school, we somehow got into the whole thing of going to, to the, the Saint Clair Recreation, um, Recreation yeah, PCYC, Center, PCYC, right? Yeah. And we were like shooting baskets and that, and there was something incredibly. Wonderful Fun. and dramatic. Hey, can I say my my best memory from all of this? Mm. So we we all join a team, and of course our team is losing every game. No, but we had a couple many, of good, many, like many Glenn many David points. was on the team. And Glenn was on, Glenn was very good. Okay, Glenn mm. was very good. Um, but I don't think it's uh, this is all meant in re- as a very lovely kind of nostalgic uh, reminiscence. But at one point, Gerhan, who uh, oh, this is the best. he got. Uh, his dad to coach us yes. and I think it's fair to say Gan's dad had no knowledge at all about basketball but Glenn gave him the Larry Bird documentary that he mm. had on VHS. Mm. So Gohan's dad studied that doco no, <laughs> and I just remember at our first training session after Gohan's dad consulted that yes. documentary now I don't know where this came from but he had it in his head that probability suggested that instead of aiming the ball of the ring, forget about the ring, throw without a little square <laughs> on the backboard. Because he said, he if said you that hit that square, it would have to, the mathematics said, it would have to go <laughs> into the net. And remember Daniel Kachurka, <laughs> yeah, we who was playing on the other end? We were lined up. Throwing yeah, a ball at what a I was board. Say was, you remember we had a drill where we all had to line <laughs> yeah, up yeah. and walk up and peg the ball at that little black yeah. square, and it never and went in. And it I never went it was in. Chirk, it was one of the others. I remember walking up to us and going, "What are you guys yeah. doing?" <laughs> and, and we're going, because oh. like, not a single ball." Like you said, how could it go in? We're pegging it at a black square. <laughs> right? But the other thing was was Gan's dad, which was really. Look, I liked his passion, and he watched the yeah, video, I mean, but and that was nice. Huh? But oh, we'd all but also watched someone's dad helping yeah, us out. That's so nice. This is like we're like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, but we also and he was a really humble, lovely man. Yeah, but we'd also great. watched the video, so he turned up, and then he said, "What happens if a person goes for a shot, and you think that you can block it, 
Should you, and it was turned into like a like a driving license tense or something, <laughs> or right? or should you like <laughs> smash it out of the court yeah. and or like tip it to your own teammate? And we'd go, well, tip it to your teammate? Yeah. And he'd go, yes. And we go, <laughs> we've, and we all said, yeah, but we've also watched the video. Like, we watched the same video. <laughs> we were sitting here together watching it, right? Wait, wait. It was mad. Did we crazy. ever win a game? Did you ever win a game? Well, I don't got a think point, so. Though. I don't think we even got points. So I should explain. No, we did get points. What would happen? This was like a fun making a beautiful jump shot at one the most point. I, I made once on one game, mm. and I thought... I got in four the, in one game yeah, once. In one quarter. No, four points, I should say. In one quarter, I got four points. Did you? Yeah, and then I got two points in the second quarter, and Glenn said, I think you're going to get into double figures for the first time this game, and I hardly touched the ball for the <laughs> remainder of the game. <laughs> this was a uh, it was a sporting derby or like a rounds thing that yeah. happened at Warrington Sports Centre. Do you remember? Yeah, Warring- I remember that. So Warrington is between our parents um, used to divvy up who took us. Who took remember? us? Yeah. It's 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 next. It's between Kingswood and St Mary's is Warrington, um, and it's right near Penrith. And it was a giant metal <laughs> aluminium <laughs> shed with shed. like six like, courts yeah, on it. Yeah, so many courts. And the other thing was it plugged you into a weird kind of social world of the school. Well, yeah, there were a lot of... all these different communities of people it was, showing up. It was schools from all around Mount yeah, Drew yeah. and Western Sydney that, were, that <laughs> would turn up to play basketball, different key, groups, you know. And it was always a Friday night, so it was exciting. We'd buy a can of Coca-Cola, it's and that best. was like the best I mean, thing ever. Amazing. And then we'd all go home, and remember, like 9 or 2 and 0? Yeah. But we'd turn so up... After yeah. basketball, you'd watch Beverly Hills 9 But then we'd turn up with best. our bags, and you know, you'd, you'd arrive yeah. there, and you'd feel like... I mean, I felt like I was Michael Jordan, like I got my yeah. sporting kit. I know. I'm and ready at the same time, we're all obsessed at that time with Michael Jordan yeah, yeah. and the Bulls and the Lakers. Can I also right? say something as well? Um, <laughs> and I feel I still feel guilty about this, actually. Um, <laughs> my dad came home one day and he came home <laughs> with, with two headbands and two wristbands. Yeah. And he said, <laughs> I got this for both of you, for you and for Bruce, for, for you and Pippen I over here. to wear. <laughs> yeah. And then we went, we can't wear that. <laughs> We yeah. can't put that and on. I always but are you too embarrassed? Because we're going to look. We're gonna, hey, what if we want it? Are you mad? We no, would have been killed. But great. the other thing is, it, was, it depends on the headband as well, because this was like a, a, a really white headband with a, like a light blue stripe on it. <laughs> and one of us put it on our head, and we looked nuts. So then <laughs> you we couldn't like wear it. And then, but I, I still feel really guilty, because I remember my dad... <laughs> Being sad that we wouldn't put these yeah, headbands. So I mean, sad. Th- those were hard things. Like our parents were not like plugged into the kind of fashionista stuff. <laughs> no, so uh, no. like all our lives, like I believe Ursula was significantly traumatized <laughs> by the degree to which we were like, you know, we, had, we wore the same clothes Geeks. a lot. Yeah, my parents once got it. Like obviously, my parents have passed on, and so they're lovely memories, and you know they're amazing. But like buying us the same bikes. Mm. You got no idea the level of personal trauma I suffered every day riding that bike. And of course, I couldn't say anything to him because my parents had no money. But remember the yeah. Parramatta Eels tracks? Yeah, but that was good. So you had your one. Yeah, you I had Canterbury yeah, Bulldogs. But I had yeah. a full two-piece, like a gold jacket <laughs> and, and blue yeah. pants. But it's those wonderful things where our parents were not like socially adroit mm. in any sense whatsoever, right? I, I feel my my parents were similar. Like Your parents were definitely similar, but your parents... Like, you know what I reflect on sometimes? Mm. Like, our parents never went anywhere. Yeah. You know, like, but think neither it. did mine except church. We're 47 years old, right? Yeah. 
We go out all the time, constantly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> My yeah. parents... Well, I'm not a, what are you, a party animal? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, we know heaps of people. We've got lots of stuff we going do, on all we the do. time, right? Same but my our parents never did anything. great thing about this, the, the basketball was that it was also, like, the first time that I felt like we, we participated in sport and it felt good. Yeah. Like, most of the time we were forced to do sport. But and when I was thinking about this, I had another memory of sport from high school. <laughs> Remember, well, every other school on earth... Does sport like I don't know soccer, football, yeah. volleyball? We, as an elective, like when sport came on a Thursday afternoon, got to go to AMF Mount Druitt Bowling. Bowling, Center. remember that? And yeah, God, I haven't thought would, about that in I know, years. The bus would pick us up, and literally for sport, we got to play computer games or go to putt putt. But we or only lucked out on a couple of terms for that because yeah. I remember. When it stopped, we were devastated. It was unbelievable. Yeah. They would take us to, uh, like, a, it was AMF Bowling Center. Uh, Mount Mount yeah. Bowling but Craig, yeah. that brings up memories because I loved that place. Remember that tennis court? Yes. The tennis, the the swash courts. tennis growing up. They had the swash courts. Yeah. Um, they had the arcade games. They had the putt-putt place the in the middle. Uh, like, and and wow, then we would just play Street Fighter that place, for our that sport. Place it was wow. such a great time. Yeah. And then you could get a slope if you had enough money from mum, you know. Well, if you were looking for new content from this episode, you, you really have uh, not gone wrong in fast-forwarding yeah, I mean, all of this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're good memories I'm for us. I'm glad that you brought the basketball thing. Yeah. That was so Formative. Okay, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the video stores, cinemas, and a few other places that we'd like to congregate and talk about film. Up first, it's video stores. Now, we've talked a lot about Grog and Flicks, and I recently found my borrowing card for it, and I'm going to put that up on Instagram. Mm. I found a whole bunch of video cards in my uh, old collection, and I scanned them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't believe just... Obviously, I know you very well, Craig, mm. but to, a, to, to, a, to one of our listeners, you must sound like <laughs> the most pathetic human <laughs> To a layperson. <laughs> to a layperson. <laughs> There's something so wrong with you. I now have more than 7,000 scans of video covers yeah, from yeah, the yeah, 80s yeah. and 90s. So just, just gets worse. So worse. for a very where are you select... storing that? Like where do you store these files? Well, they're they're not that big. They're like on okay. a hard drive, and I got like so much hard drive from working in the media. What's the size of your hard drive? Two terabytes. Okay, see, I don't know. I got to get something good like that. <laughs> Apart from Blockbuster, St Mary's, Civic, St Clair, and Collin, what other video stores do you remember growing up? Do you remember any uh, others? Just before South coming Africa, to Australia, Video, video right. right was huge. The Retreat Video Shop, mm-hmm. Top Video, because uh, Top Video was massive. In Retreat was really nice because they'd give because we were little kids and yeah. we were twins, so they just give us movies for free. Wow! And then the guy would give us lollies as well. So we'd go up there with say two movies, mm-hmm. and he'd go. Oh, go pick another three, what? and then we just yeah, pick another three, the and then he'd go oh, and take these chocolates. That's unbelievable. And mum used to take us, and sometimes our dad would come along as well. And then they would like stand back. But mm. the weird thing was, is that Bruce and I would represent for ourselves and have a conversation with this man about what we were interested in. Yeah. Yeah. And we yeah. were like, what, he was just seven? Lovely. He seven, was, eight years old? Yeah, he and was So amazing. that was a lovely experience, really. Cool. Do you, one of the, this is on a more, more sad note, but one of the formative experiences of our lives growing up, mm. we went to the local primary school like up to year two. And across the road from the school, there was this... Um, Bubby. Yeah, his name was Bobby. He's a Muslim guy because in South Africa, uh, like it's a real melting pot, and you've got lots of kind of Muslims, Christians, stuff all together, mm-hmm. right? It's not really segregated very mm-hmm. much. Um, anyway, so the corner store. <laughs> Hang on, so it wasn't segregated back then. Oh no, no, they were all colours. You mean amongst the colours? Yeah, no, because yeah. that's just a religion, right? So the, the colours, lots of interspersed stuff. Right. So anyway, Bobby, the local Muslim guy, lovely man. So we used to, he was just down the road. And we used to like buy bread and milk and mm. stuff there. And I remember one day being at school and we were all playing on the um, 
like the field just uh, in, in the school grounds and we saw all these police cars and an ambulance oh. and someone had held up Bobby and shot him shot dead him. killed him and what? I remember that was yeah. so yeah. like for us that was and do you a remember a huge Bruce? moment of just wow the real world come crashing into your little how, primary how school how old was Bobby? Uh, 50, like 50 maybe Bruce oh. do you remember it was um, just so soon incredible. after that like maybe about uh, le- less than a week four or five days um, it was his funeral yeah. and then there was a procession coming yes, down that main street yeah. which our school uh, I think mm. it was like was that a school or a creche was it uh, no no it was school. school it was the primary school it, but like it, was like, it was like close to it and we, yeah. could, we could see, you could the see it walking coming and through. there was like music and stuff Yeah, because he was also an institution yeah, in that yeah. part of the community yeah, yeah right um, he'd been there for ages he knew his son worked there Oh. Um, and I just remember someone's going there. Yeah, someone tried to, someone robbed Bobby's store, and then uh, Daddy was shot in the head, and he, he was killed. That's a terrible story. Yeah, it was just. But I, the reason I say that is because that was such a formative mm. thing. Wow, memory for me growing up. Well, there you go. If you enjoyed <laughs> that story, there's plenty more coming up on this episode. Let's have. <laughs> <laughs> It feels weird to go from the death of Bobby to Video Easy Penrith, but yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, and I have no Penrith, segue yeah. that helps with that. Um, the Video Easy at Penrith <laughs> was where I first started collecting videotapes. So yeah. in 1999 or 2000, it was the first time that ex-rental VHS tapes were just put out the front and it said $2 to buy yeah. instead of rent. And that's what started me on my path to 10,000 videotapes yeah. or 13,000 actually that I collected over time. Um, so shout out to Video Easy Penrith. I'm going to now play clips from about Colin Civic Video St. Clair and yeah. Blockbuster St. Clair. And I want to say thank you to all the people who often say to us they love these reminiscences, yeah. which has been an interesting part of the journey for us, right? Just uh, kind of re-engaging all those memories. We've, we've talked a bit about um, Grog and Flicks, but I put that up there as my absolute formative experiences mm. and yeah. long-term experiences over a handful of years or whatever. Oh, yeah. I still there. can't smell red wine without thinking of grog and flicks. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's, yeah. it's in my but head. We, we were exposed through that. We were exposed to, you know, people working hard, working in the trades. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. mean, that was an absolute working class. Rough, shop, rough right? time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's literally called grog and flicks. Yeah. And that's what people did. Yeah. You go in there, you buy a case and some movies. And you just had some great. people who dropped their children off to <laughs> hang out in there. <laughs> All right, let's that have a best. listen. Today, we'd like to shout out to a local landmark that made us love film. It's a warehouse by the highway that sold bulk liquor and grimy video cassettes. <laughs> it's Colleton's own Grog and Flicks. And just to make a, to clear to the audience, Grog meaning alcohol uh, in Australia and flicks meaning movies. So it was literally a, a warehouse that smelled like alcohol and and had movies and, and wine. What do you guys and remember? And very cheap. Very, very, very everything cheap. was super cheap. It was like a redone barn. It was massive with mm. metal roofing. And on the grog side of things where children couldn't go, remember that was concrete flooring? Mm. Oh, that's right. And then you'd cross over onto the carpet where the movie started. <laughs> now... I, I associate Grog and Flicks with a tremendous rush of adrenaline. And I know that sounds weird, but it's because <laughs> the staff would bring out new releases and it was a free-for-all. There was absolutely no organization to it. There's no equity, no fairness to it because Bruce and I would work together to prevent other people, adults, from getting the new releases. <laughs> on one occasion, and this was, <laughs> this was on a Friday afternoon, we got Silence of the Lambs and Misery Wow! Um, on that the same day, and they were released. Us. They were released in Sydney to video stores on the same day. It was the ultimate coup, and I remember seeing adults <laughs> looking at us like these two children, and they're going, "Well, that's not fair. They've got both of them. You can't just hand the, the movie to them." But because we were children, they took mm. pity on us, 
And because <laughs> we're twins. And because we're twins, I think it's as well. twins, 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 well. twins factor. Because identical twins. These jerks trying to get yeah. moved. Well, we're working in concert as well. It's like a heist. We, we yeah. treated that like a heist. And and, and and deeply strategic heist at that. See, you lived closer to it. Uh, my family had to drive a little further to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once we get there, you've got, you know, 10 minutes to make your choice. And you, you know I've got the, the 10,000. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And part of the, the best thing about them is what I like to think is genre studies. Mm. Walking around going, oh, that shouldn't be there. <laughs> and I remember that in video stores as well. And what I loved is that because I've collected them from like uh, maybe 100 at least a hundred different video stores across the country. Yeah, that's amazing. You would see people put things in wild, wild genres. You know, people that have just seen the cover and gone, "That looks like a music video." Yeah, but it's not. You know, it's it's a it's an inform it's a what do they call it? Special interest. And and there were always <laughs> oh, oh, the excellent, <laughs> excellent random. Do you have a genres. special interest genre in your collection? Oh yeah, it's about eight hundred tapes. In special interest? Yeah. What constitutes special interest? Well, special interest is everything ranging from that... Um, the only larger collection that you've got is porn, isn't it? It's special interest 800, <laughs> no, porn's about 850. No, my biggest collection is comedy. Com but every, yeah. I, I have... Um, and then it would go uh, horror, special interest, kids, then porn. In order. <laughs> You're of, good. Of, of, in but then there's, order. there's 20 different genres. But special interest would have everything from how to Tomcat F-14s fly... To how to wood turn this thing? Do you have from any of those wonderful um, war films from the fifties, where like Fred McMurray would do a, a thing of like um, the Dam Busters? Yeah, yeah or, or just, you know, but not in no, no movies, just actual reality things about oh, if a nuclear what, bomb like strikes. Like or, or, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There was, a, there were some famous those documentaries about the A bomb. There was yeah, some, yeah. There's like a yeah, whole collection. Famous, of famous actors, particularly people um, on the right, used to make these. Yeah. You know, John Wayne. You know, people on the right. Well, there was Reaper Madness, and then. In the 90s, they started getting packaged up as special things like check out these wacky um, PSAs from the 50s. Yeah. But we've say, got enough track here. I want to say, I want to bring us back on track. I just want to say one more thing about Grogan Flicks. And this only just hit me now when you when you mentioned that term, Grogan Flicks. Things became so obsessive for Bruce and I at Grogan Flicks <laughs> and so mad and derailed. Please don't make us sound too no, insane, okay? We you were. were. You were. Because <laughs> no, I don't know if you remember this, Bruce, but mum would drop us off after work and we'd go, Okay, do you want to come back like in 90 minutes? And then sometimes mum would come back and we go, we haven't had enough time. And she'd have to go and home again. Go home. She'd go home again. I mean, we lived only like five minutes I, over and, she'd, and then come back in another hour. I remember seeing you guys there sometimes. My, my family would go. It was either dad or mum brought us, my, me and my two brothers. And we would see you guys just like sharks, just moving up and down the corridors <laughs> looking at things. And then splitting up ah, and reporting back to each days. other. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah, must yeah. say, Grog and Flix was about three times bigger than any blockbuster. Yes. It had the sheer amount lighting. of content that was insane. It stunk of wine that yeah, kept yeah. break. You would hear breakages happening in this warehouse. Oh, and I think when we talked about this last time, mm. Grog and Flix was the kind of place that, for example, had an X-rated version of Caligula. Yes, exactly. I mean, but I'm talking about it actually had the well, version. Yeah. But that's because there was no governance. Yes, yeah, there was they, no there governance was just, of its collection. But his, but People his, just got stuff yeah, and put it on they, their they had pre-certificate stuff. They had a lot of what they call grey market stuff, yeah. which is people that are just releasing whatever and selling them um, when they're not. Like, Night of the Living Dead was probably the most famous grey yeah, market right. film because they forgot to put that copyright on it. So, you you know, Criterion might release it and make yeah. it all fancy. But it's also available by some hobo uh, who sells them in a market <laughs> <Some hobo>. uh, <laughs> off the back of a train carriage. <laughs> as, uh, as hobos do. <laughs> yeah. As they're warming their hands and you know giving they... away VHS. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my dream. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see you doing that. 
<laughs> I should have said that. No. Okay. But like Grog and Flix was amazing. They had seven for seven dollars. Yes. Um, oh, seven weeklies yes. for seven dollars. But there was yeah. no better video store for prices. Right? And, and, seven and for seven. We picked up and and I mean it's it's amazing. This is like burnt into my brain, but we picked up Misery and Silence of the Lambs. It's like three ninety nine for a new release for each of them. So you took that as eight bucks for the best viewing you could yeah. imagine. It was unbelievable. I mean, Steph, that's where we... I mean, the other thing with Grog and Flicks was that's our film education, really. Mm. For, for all three of us, that was our education. We watched so many movies. <laughs> I mean, people now talk about worrying about screen time and stuff. We, we were immersed in a world of cinema growing up from really young. And you know what amazed... Uh, uh, a wonderful memory I've got is, for some reason... You know when you're young, you, mm. you, you like watching things, and then you get older, you go, Jesus, that's absolutely rubbish, but <laughs> yeah. you loved it. Like, um, I give you an example, like Airwolf, for example. Ah, yeah. Airwolf. But, but uh, that is very good There was a movie called, work, uh, Bruce, you're going to remember this, there's a movie yeah. called Street Hawk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About a guy who, who souped up a, <laughs> he souped up a motorbike, <laughs> put a couple of guns on it or something, and then he fought crime. Well, someone at school said, you got to watch the Street Hawk. And I found Street Hawk, and we got it home, and it didn't play. And you know when you when you push your finger into the side of the VHS the tape? Sprocket, you can, yeah. You can open up sprocket. I open it up. There's no tape There's no tape in it. What? Well, there's other wonderful things like Grog and Flicks. That's yeah, that, hey, yeah. but, but right there is the grunge of the place, it, right? They I, had I nothing going. one of their tapes had COVID before. <laughs> COVID <laughs> That's where COVID started, Grog and Flicks. Because it also stank like alcohol and vomit yeah. because the place was so bloody dirty. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the counter smelled like popcorn, which was quite nice. They yeah. had that, that cardboard stand with popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember the horror section was very taboo for me. Uh, there was a cover with um, Zombie, uh, the... Is it the full chair one, full yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that so did they really have zombie? They had that, and they had See, the I mean, famous poster. years later, now that I work on this stuff, I think, whoa, growing up, oh, yeah, had they a had the clay-faced um, poster. Of the can you even imagine? See, you couldn't even dream of that in Blockbuster. But they that's, would never yeah, have well, a that's movie the like great that, thing. Right? They had yeah. a lot of grime or taboo yeah. tapes. You know, it was an astonishing place if you think about yeah. it. Somebody was just massively accumulating whatever they could get their hands on. But, all, but, but the other yeah. thing they, is that they also didn't shy away from like exploitation cinema. So that, that was something they had lots of, mm. right? So I just watched Maniac Cop the other day. Yeah, and I, that's a classic. I mean, I, I thought it was wonderful, right? Yeah, Bruce, well, you Hershel pushed me on to it. Yeah, because yeah. I found it on Amazon. Hirsch and I watched that many years ago at Grog and Flicks because yeah. I still remember the cover. The cover. I'm sure I got like cover. Bride of the Reanimator yeah, yeah. and well, Reanimator. Absolutely, because I remember you had those oh, movies. Oh, Frankenhooker right? as well. The Frankenhooker was massive. The yeah. one other thing I wanted to say is in the modern day, you couldn't really have a place like that. You certainly wouldn't let children into it because on a Friday <laughs> afternoon, what had happened is everyone's knocking off work and they're coming to Grog and Flicks not for the movies – but they didn't stock up on the booze, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're going to have a big well, weekend. Well, that was where they did their business. So where we, we were standing there for the new releases, people are just powering through alcohol. But, but, but they'd be but drunk, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like you could yeah. smell the alcohol on them and they were buying more to drive home with, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> That's how I they rolled think, out like, there. as an adult now, like when Byron says eight years old, I yeah. think I'm nothing more pleasurable than going with him to Grog and Flicks. Oh. Being around there for half an hour. Oh, he, you know, I wouldn't go home. I, I, and then I'll buy me a case of beer, take it home. <laughs> 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 watch it. I just watched Terminator 2 with Byron. A really lovely experience. Wow. He's been going, he's been going, uh, he's been sending messages like, oh, the love is the baby. He's actually <laughs> been doing that. All right. Well, that's us growing up in Western Sydney. We miss Grog and Flicks immensely. It's the St. Clair Civic Video Store. You guys oh, remember classic, Sinclair? Classic, classic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I remember. That That was a, a, a smaller video store, and it was one that we used to go hang out in after, you know, like some people go to the library, which we did as well. Mm -hmm. Some people hang out at the shops, in the mall. 
we would hang out at the video store. Yeah. And I have such so great good. memories of that place. It, it was, was a brilliant place. And I remember years later, after I finished uni, come back to live in the inner west in New, in Newtown, there was a specific video in Newtown. You mm. guys remember on, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. on Wilson? Yeah. And then that was, for me, the end of a lot because that place then closed down yeah. and the, the, the porno store took it over. <laughs> and so it became like an adult store. Um, and it was really a sign of the times with what was happening to video and then Blockbuster folded and all that sort of thing. Mm. But so that's when I think of Civic Video back then, that was just wonderful. The amount of time yeah. we spent there just looking at movies and saying – and looking at the VHS covers, so yeah. Craig, that's why you've got that massive collection. Oh, yeah. That was just the best. Well, I'm, uh, for people who live in St. Clair, before the shopping center that's there now, there used to be a much older one. Mm. And if you go into Colleton, there's the shops there still look like the St. Clair ones. Brown brickwork everywhere, a weird central courtyard yeah. outdoors, and the small store of Civic Video, which was at the time just franchised to a, a, like a couple of residents. I think, so. think there were really small franchises at mm. the time. Yeah. And so that place didn't have a huge collection. And it wasn't. It didn't have the status of a lot of other big video stores that people went to. Yeah. But it was just this one that people would go to if you lived in St. Clair. So I think it was a really local type place. I think we would go to like Franklin's, the, yeah. the shopping center there. Oh, God, yeah, Franklin's. We'd get, I remember used to be Payless. We'd get to do a video. Used Payless, Payless, and then it And we used Franklin's. to get the, um, the raspberry drinks, and it was 32 cents for a can of raspberry <laughs> drink you get after school. So you'd oh, go there, right. get your raspberry drink, then walk over to the library to the video store. Yeah, and it was a weird video store as well because, and that that goes to what you guys are saying about people buying these franchises and having the dream. People who love film or whatever, and remember they had an unusual collection. Mm. They had like a, a horror collection that was as big as like drama. Yeah, and that I remember seeing the cover of the thing, and I remember some of the movies that were there, and thinking this is a really cool video store, and it was cheaper yeah. than some of the other big video stores. I think that's where I first saw the Extro cover. What's the, that? The What's film Extro X T R O, and it's. Uh, is it British? Or is, it's got Mariam de Arbo, who's in... Um, Living like, Daylights. Yeah, yeah. She's in it, and it's a very bizarre sci-fi film. It's kind of surreal almost from the yeah. 80s. But it, the cover was this alien, like, screaming, biting. It's kind of one of those iconic covers that scares mm, people. Yeah. Like um, the zombie uh, or the demons cover, yep. which had the screaming I remember demons. actress in it. Yeah. I think it also speaks about those... Um, smaller video stores, they had to engage in a kind of curation of a collection. Yeah. Mm. And that's what made those places more interesting than, you know, Blockbuster was okay, but Blockbuster was, they're going to give you what's expected. I remember- but You'd go into these places yeah. and you'd find weird stuff. And, and I really enjoyed that. It was one of the first places I remember seeing merchandise mm. because the other video stores at the time, this is early in that early 80s, mid 80s, Shell service station um, next to the Blue yeah, Cattle yeah, Dog yeah. In, on Banks Drive. Yep. Yeah. That used to have I some videos. videos. I remember Michael Jackson's Thriller, the making of was there. But then this video store was the first time where I went, oh, look, there's posters of things coming yeah. out on mm. video and not just coming out in cinema. I think what we saw was that the people who owned um, Civic Video St. Clair, they loved videos. And that was the difference. You could see mm. that those people got that place, I think, because they, they really liked movies. And we love movies, so I think we found a place where like, there was a sense of belonging. I mean, it's interesting that we're going to talk about two movies today that is about belonging and identity. So we fit into that place. I found my Civic Video library card for St. Clair. Whoa. Do you remember it had Mickey Mouse from Fantasia on it? Yeah. And uh, was it like a, totally a laminated unlicensed. plastic? Laminated yeah, yeah. yellow. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, it's, and they called it a library, video library back then. And I've noticed because I collect videotapes that a lot of them – in the early days, called themselves libraries mm, and mm. not video stores because they weren't sure what, they, what were. they were. And they worked just like a library. You would be borrowing something and t bringing it back and stuff. Yep. 
I think we should say rest in peace to Blockbuster St. Mary's. What do you remember of Blockbuster St. Mary's? I remember Blockbuster became the most important franchise video shop. Mm. But Blockbuster St. Mary's, um, that was the cleanest... Uh, and <laughs> well, that was part of the blockbuster appeal. Like it, it came in and it rolled, steamrolled over all of those mom and pop yeah, stores. Know. You know that block. I remember that opening up, and it was a beaming light. I don't know if you remember driving down Queen Street, St Mary's, and it would glow yeah. no, I like the that. light, yeah, the blue and white, the blue and that's and part white. of the famous. It was also that little yeah. side street. Iconic. So you're down Queen Street. That's right. And that little side street, and there was this huge building. Yeah. I watched a great doco on Netflix the other day, mm. and the Netflix people, the people who created it out of the small office, yeah. I think in like. Uh, in, in California, they modeled everything about early Netflix on Blockbuster. Because they openly well, said Netflix used idea. to be, didn't it used to be sending it to you in the yeah, mail, so, right? So they yeah. talk about the mail system mm-hmm. that they thought was such an innovation because before you had to go to the video shop. They, they based everything on, so Blockbuster would have posters in the front hall. What did the posters look like? Mm-hmm. How did the posters relate to that movie in the front and how did they release things? So Blockbuster kind of defined mass VHS consumption. Remember that the, the posters were framed by like a gold trim at the yeah. Blockbuster, yeah, yeah, which yeah. made it feel special, like yeah, you yeah, went yeah. to an old prestige, school cinema. Prestige yeah. cinema, Hollywood prestige. And, and, and yeah. the worst part about Blockbuster, though, I don't, for me, was you didn't get the covers. So yep. for kids that oh, don't that's know, right. you got the blank covers. That's right. The that's covers right. were in the front on the shelf. Then you, if you wanted the tape, the tape would be behind in a generic Blockbuster. Yep. You know, which is also really good for their. You know what is it? Brand awareness because yep. it's the blue yep. ticket of Blockbuster that you'd get and take home, but you wouldn't be able to read it, and you wouldn't be excited when you look at the stack on, on your next w- to the player. Were you like Herschel? Like, were you like us? Where you go to the, you know, like a video shop and you get five movies, say yeah. five for five bucks. You <laughs> go home and you literally spend time looking at the movie. Yeah. Did you? I, I yeah. used to bloody love. I used to that. line up the order of watching. <laughs> And then plan the week out because when we did a seven for seven, like yeah. at Colliden, you know, that was. Yeah, yeah, Colliden, seven a, for seven. A, yeah, there was seven for seven. I remember Blockbuster was n- the dearest. Yeah, it was oh, yeah, So my parents way. were hesitant. It was only a place you go if you wanted a specific thing. Yeah. Or they'd have that guarantee. You want Total Recall, we guarantee you're going to have that. You know, yeah. th- there was like they made that. They movie sold it like guarantee. that. They said, we have yeah. enough copies of Silence of the Lambs that you're guaranteed to get it if you mm. come between these times on a Saturday or Friday night. That, that had that guarantee. The thing I remember most about Blockbuster was we would only go, we only really went to Blockbuster if we couldn't get something at Grog and Flicks. <laughs> but also it was like kids at school. Like if you guys had seen something and then you said it's only at Blockbuster. Um, and I'm not talking about new releases. I'm just talking about a dodgy, mm. you know, mid-80s film that we've yeah. all gone, oh, what, Megaforce? That sounds awesome. There's rockets in a motorcycle. And then it's like, okay, where's it? It's not at yeah. Civic yep. Video. It's not at Video Easy. I You've got to go to Blockbuster. There was a whole subgenre of action, the Michael Dudikoff movies. Do you remember <laughs> Michael Dudikoff? American he's Ninja the actor, one right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's turned up on Stan. I, I American Ninja's on Stan, I For think. people listening, the single greatest documentary <laughs> I've ever seen about the making of film mm is the Canon film oh, document. Yeah, Have you yeah. seen that? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I just think it's a glorious... Anyway, they had a Canon, Manheim Golem. Golem. He believed Michael Dudikoff was going to be the biggest star in the world. The next they man, they man. were going to create Michael Dudikoff for Hollywood. And, well, when you make films as bad as American Ninja 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, there you go. That is Blockbuster Video St. Mary's. We, uh, it was one of the last video stores to close down. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, the smaller ones closed first, and Blockbusters were some of the last to stay. But I think it was maybe 2007 or eight. last time I remember seeing that. Didn't the last... 
Blockbuster closed like two years ago? I think there's still one open in America. Is that right? Yeah, in Portland, I think. And, and it's known as the last Blockbuster. They've got a website and everything where you can mm. buy merchandise. All right, welcome back. Now, I should point out that those are the edited clips from our episodes. Uh, now it's time to talk about the cinemas that we grew up uh, going to. We've covered Mount Druid Astro. We mm. did Penrith Twin Hayden and the Blacktown Drive-In. But... There's a whole list of others that I wrote down that I can remember going to. Let me mm. see. We, we did Roxy Parramatta, yeah. where we talked about Mr. Holland's opus on yeah. that. There's <laughs> another unwatchable to add to um, the hunting. Another one was Mount Druid Hoyts, which which is why Astro closed down, because Hoyts moved. Oh, well, Hoyts right, took over, and, they, and that was a big mall took over. And the mall took over, and yeah. that became the place where everyone congregated, and the so natural we thing. lived through that transition yeah. to the multiplex. Yeah. And, you know, everyone obviously has had a go at multiplexes. Um, but that was also a great place for us to go to because the multiplex had, you know, more more options. I remember seeing Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie there. Yeah, right. One of the movies I saw at Mount Druid Hoyts. Uh, another one is the Penrith Hoyts, which opened. We saw di- that's where we saw Die Hard 2. Really? When, nah, that was Hayden Israel. Hayden, oh, no. So Hayden, not Hayden, Hayden, Hayden. Hayden. Remember there was Hayden 1 What's and 2 on High Street, Hayden 3 and Pen- 4. Penrith Hoyts was in the, in the Penrith Plaza. It's part oh, of the yeah, okay. that was no, yeah, so I'm talking about Hayden. So about it would have been the late 90s that that took yeah. over and Penrith, um, the Did small one Did you guys remember that Hayden 1 and 2 was High Street, Hayden 3 and 4 was Lawson? Lawson Street, yeah. Lawson. Because it was a corner. Die Hard corner 2 street. in Lawson. Yeah. And you know the interesting thing? I preferred thing? Lawson to High Street. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing, right? You know, we go to event cinemas and we go to Hoyts and they've got the reclining chairs mm. and it's like super comfortable and mm. all that. But I saw um, Death in Venice at the Orpheum like maybe a couple of weeks ago. I love the Orpheum. And that's like, you know, they're not the most comfortable seats in the world. The organ and is the best cinema in the country. Yeah. But I think... It, well, I have you seen the organ? Ever seen the organist come out and play on a Sunday afternoon? I think no? I have. I've it's been amazing. to a thing where they play. The, the World Riser or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I just want to say that sitting in those seats, it took me back to like being at Hayden Cinemas. Yeah. It's like an old school experience. Check out Hayden Orpheum because they're playing old movies all the time on original film prints. It's yeah. very worth... Which is uh, rare now. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Penrith Hoyts is where I saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Each year, my family went on Boxing Day and yeah. lined up That's with nice. the crowds to watch the Lord of the Rings. I also remember watching Skyfall there with my yep. family. Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw Skyfall at the Ritz. Ah. One of the best uh, movie ads. Went Ritz. the beach and then to the Ritz. Uh, another cinema is, you might not remember this, but Panthers had a cinema in it, a small lounge cinema for a while. I remember while. that. We like we saw very few stuff there, right? Yeah, I saw Mario Brothers, the um, Dennis Bob Hopper Hoskins film. <laughs> Bob Hoskins <laughs> film there. Uh, but my parents went to it because they were members of Panthers. Mm. They went to see a movie because my dad loves trains, so they went to see Train Spotting. <laughs> what does that not surprise me about your dad? He loves trains. He's gonna go check out the, trains. The reviews spotting. they gave of trains—they were offended. Yeah, well, well, they thought it was did dreadful. They, they? It's not their kind of film. Yeah, they're, they're I'm there trying to, watch to picture movie. your mom and dad yeah. sitting together, train spotting. The your dad thing with waiting your mom for and dad, a, waiting <laughs> for like a, a vintage train to come in his shop. You know when you McGregor and I, I forget which character is sitting with you. You know when they're talking about Sean Connery when yeah, they're laying yeah. in the grass. Yeah, yeah it's great. That's Brilliant. I reckon your mum and dad would be furious at that conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just disagreeing with but the also, order of I James mean, Bonds. It's a very, I don't know when last you guys have seen I haven't seen in quite a while, but it's still so confronting. Yes. You've both seen the just sequel? Yeah. yeah, the sequel's nah, way better know. than I thought. Wow. It's way better than I thought, and uh, the ending is mm. just it's, it's it's up pretty there. good. It's really, All right, here's I mean, another. It's nothing as good as the original, but it's pretty good. Here's another one Blacktown Greater Union. Yes. Remember yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, I remember that. That is where that. I saw Back to the Future 2. I yeah, remember seeing right, that there. How about this? Parramatta Hoyts. Yeah, I remember mm. Parramatta Hoyts. Going all the way into Parramatta. I remember specifically 1983, I'd seen Return of the Jedi in Dubbo. Yeah. 
Then my nan took us to Parramatta Hoyts to see a Goofy movie, right? <laughs> goofy movie was sold out. Had to see Return of the Jedi again. No, I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I was devastated. I think it was a Goofy sports movie, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I tell you one of the massive memories I have from childhood, Herschel and I would have? We were on holidays in Coffs Harbour, staying at Priscilla's house. Yeah. yeah. And um, he had an apartment there, so the whole family's there. And my older brother and his wife, Leon and Rena, they, they used to take us to the movies. Yes. And that was the most, one of the most exciting items of my life because yeah. it was the Total, total Recall. Recall. And wow. do you remember, we were Bruce, like 13? Bruce, maybe? you got the Total Recall total shirt. Recall shirt. And I walked yeah. to the outing and I, I couldn't have been more excited. Wow. I've been, been watching like every movie review thing of it and I was so excited about it. And, and we love yeah. Total Recall. Uh, well, we Total Recall it. is still one of the greats, right? Well, get ready now. We're going to play you the clips from our three biggest movies growing up, our three biggest cinemas, sorry, Mount Road, Astro, Hayden and Blacktown Drive-In. The historic and long gone Mount Druid Astro. Mount Druid Astro was a cinema which was right near the Mount Druid uh, train station. And on a Friday night, we were usually the only people there. There were eight cinema screens, I think. Is that right? Yeah, there were a lot of screens. It was super cheap. It was five and bucks. It was five it was bucks just, to get in. It was a great place to go. So many. I think without Astra, I don't know that I, I that we could ever have kind of had the passion that we have for the movies. Because Astra made it possible to go to the movies a lot. It was. It. I think it opened in 1992, and it probably survived until 98, until um, Mount Druitt Westfield opened up yeah. a Hoyt yeah, Cinema. Wow. And it was a completely independent cinema, right? It was an unbelievable. Yeah. thing. I think it was owned by some by a family who probably loved movies themselves. The one thing. I remember most about that is if you were half an hour into a movie, your butt would get really sore because they had the cheaper seats. <laughs> remember those really hard Well, seats? the whole place looked mm-hmm. like a shed. Do you remember that? Yeah. I don't it's know whose design shed. strategy. When, it looked a bit like Fisher Library. Ah. Not in any kind of negative way. Fisher Library won many awards architecturally, but Mandrit Cinema looked like an actual garden shed <laughs> yeah. on a huge scale. No, it wasn't going for a brutalist look. Yeah, it was I was just, just say, brutal. It was just Fisher Library's lack of resources. Well, I'll tell you, one of my favorite films I saw there, Jurassic Park. Mine, uh, first Mission Impossible, which was a huge moment for me. Yeah. And, it's, you know, I've then done so much work on Brian De Palma and stuff. So I remember vividly going to that movie. And the other thing that was big was when we all went to see Seven, Finch's movie. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, wow. that was like... I remember Seven, that was cinema crazy. was changing after this yeah. film. I remember Jurassic Park as well, though. Mm. I uh, loved Michael Crichton. I, I, I've always loved science fiction. I read as much Michael Crichton as possible when Jurassic Park came out. And the talk about it and Spielberg and we were big movie fans. That was just, it's probably still the pinnacle of the biggest hyped movie I've ever attended. Mm. Mount Road Astro, big respect. Uh, the saddest thing ever, they knocked down the building but left the staircase. I don't know if you remember. So I would get the train from out west and go past Mount Road and there'd always just be this lonely staircase in amongst this yeah, field wow. of cement where the, you would walk up that staircase to get into the it's Astro. Astro. I remember the staircase. I don't remember it bereft of a building. Yeah, but yeah. I, I remember the the middle, the the concrete steps. The other yeah. thing I, I, I won't forget is that Mount Road Astro was built for people who loved movies. When it went to Westfield Shopping Town, that was like, mm-hmm. you know, that was a social occasion for people to catch up and the movie was secondary. And it was one of those rare things that still kind of exists now in country towns where you can find a cheap cinema that does $8.00. Yeah. Uh, I was I was working Alice Springs uh, earlier this year, and it had an excellent cinema that was small, and it was built, you know, with a memory. You could tell from the eighties onwards yeah. what it, what it was built to be, and and it still has posters everywhere, and kids love it. And there was a dress up for a Star Wars film. It was so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a kind of cultural practice. You know, it's not just uh, you go in there because it's a thing you do. Yeah, it's some it's a cultural practice around the movies, and I think that's something. 
for good or bad, we've kind of lost it a little bit. It's a tiny twin cinema that existed between 1981 and the year 2000 in the city of Penrith. It's the Hayden Cinemas. I loved Hayden Cinemas because the interesting thing about Hayden is that we attended Hayden Cinemas way before we ended up spending all of our time at Star Cinema in Mandrud, which ended up being well, closer Ast- to Astro. us. Astro. Astro, sorry. Yeah, Astro. Yeah. And the thing with Hayden is it'll always hold a special place for me because of a particular movie that Bruce, you and I and our family went to see. My mom and dad took Bruce on a Friday evening to a 7.30 showing of Die Hard 2. So for our <laughs> listeners at home, if, if you're kind of around our age and you grew up in the, in the 80s and 90s and you watched a lot of movies, then you'll know that the sequel to Die Hard, Die Hard 2, was probably the most anticipated film, yeah. certainly that I know of. Like, yeah, like I, the Terminator 2 maybe, but Die Hard 2 was well, everything. Terminator 2, I think, had all the hype. But, but it had a lot of distance between it, and it wasn't the yeah. same thing. Exactly, yep. and it wasn't it was the same thing. It was a, they were Die actually Hard changing it. You knew it was going to be the same. And the other thing about be... Die Hard 2 is we had all built up in our heads what this was going to be, yeah. and so the expectation was outlandish. Mm-hmm. See, I like that you said that because, unfortunately, things didn't quite go to plan with my parents taking Bruce and I. We drove over to Penrith, which is about a, 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 probably a 15, 20-minute drive from where we lived in St. Clair, and um, we left a little bit late. And we couldn't find a car park. Mm-mm. And then my parents started arguing because we couldn't find a car park. And Bruce and I are becoming increasingly anxious in this entire thing. <laughs> what, to miss the movie? To yeah. miss the movie. So you, you don't care about your parents. I have a memory of that being slightly traumatic as well. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to go there. <laughs> we eventually found a park. Yeah. Oh, no. We turned up. The lights were all down already. The show was starting. And so we thought to ourselves, okay, no, but that's okay because we're going to get a couple of previews and everything, and then we're going to have the credit sequences. So worst case scenario, we're going to get the yeah, and most nothing will have happened. Exactly, nothing of significance. The problem will have is, mm-hmm. is that you all know that Diard is well. It's the first movie I ever saw where there were no credits. So there was no Bruce Willis starring in Die Hard. Well, there was no, like, three-minute yeah, exactly. yeah. cameras with the, moving with the over. With the film score playing over. Yeah, and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I think it was yeah. because the movie the, was so big, you didn't have to introduce it. Mm. The movie was known to everyone yeah. in the world. Everyone was waiting on it. So that, for me, sums up Hayden. We also saw um, Presumed Innocent with, with Mum. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. A 9.30 wow. showing on a Thursday on a school Hang night. On. Isn't how, that a little sexy to watch with yes, Mum? Yes, and how weird is that? What does that say about the way Hirschland grew up with <laughs> movies, right? I'm not kidding. So it's like yeah. Thursday night, because uh-huh. I think it maybe it's cheat night or something. Yeah. My mum takes Hirschland and I to watch Presumed Innocent, which is <laughs> in that wonderful genre of a kind of sex thriller, sex corporate <laughs> yeah, thriller. And yeah. and this violence. is the era of a Paul sec- Verhoeven. A sex violent uh-huh. thriller but, Oh, and, well. and a wonderful film. And I mean, I don't know if this is embarrassing to say because Hirsch and I are quite young at this point. We come out, we couldn't understand the movie. We couldn't follow the plot. And Hirsch mm-hmm. and I are very desperate to follow plots of no, movies because no, we're reading complicated no, no. books at the <laughs> so, okay. so, this is a very charming thing about my mom. Hirsch and I are talking. We're we, we going, what the hell is this thing? So, we go to my mom, hey, mom. What, what <laughs> is a diaphragm? <laughs> because it's in the, so yeah, we literally just story, we each other in the would have been what thirteen maybe 14? yeah thirteen. 13. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what a diaphragm is, right? Sure. And I go to my mom, <laughs> mom, because the whole plot, if you know, it turns on the use of a diaphragm. Yeah. So my mom, so we go to my mom. My mom goes, 
I don't know. I thought maybe you'd know what it was. What your mum didn't know? My mum didn't know, didn't know what okay, a guy so friend was. In the 80s, there wasn't much sex. No, that's there. no point. That's and no your mum grew up in Cape Town in what, the 60s? What, you say Cape Town's particularly repressed? <laughs> yes. <is it>? yeah. <laughs> I've heard there's some troubles there in the yeah. past. I mean, they've got racial problems, they've got sex problems. What else they got? The yeah. thing is, if you've ever, if you had attended any movies with our mum, you'll know that. She's not shy to ask questions oh, in quite loudly to in the, the movie. Holy, holy so, for example, <laughs> no, 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 she's not a psychopath. <laughs> no, she's she's sorry, well, who's she asking? So Bruce and I. Complaints so, counter. So, or okay. What? So, do you remember? <laughs> I just got the image mum looking at the screen going, what is a diaphragm? What is a diaphragm? Do you remember um, the, the character? Because I read Presumably this and I loved it, right? Okay. So, painless, after, after the movie, so painless yeah. Kuma guy yeah, is yeah. the forensics pathologist. Mm. He gets on the stand and he's going through all the sexual thing, tubal ligations, diaphragms. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce, like yeah, we don't know what the hell's going so on. So Bruce right? and I don't know what's going on. My, my, my mum knows. My mum has got no idea what's going on. Yeah. My mum's leaning over, going, "What's a diaphragm? <laughs> what's a tubal ligation?" We're going, "We don't know." Oh, but there's on. people sitting around so us. She's quite loudly in the well, audience. She's, she's literally come. She's turning, going, "Oh no, boys, boys." What's a diaphragm? <laughs> what does he mean, tubal ligation? No. If you don't know what a diaphragm is, you cannot follow yeah, you the plot of this movie. film. Right? Yeah. And Bruce, remember the twist at the end of the guy had the glass? And I remember mum going, what glass? <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole movie. Oh, like, if you don't but know I, what the glass okay, is, listen, you I want to move off that. Yeah, 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 uh, the yeah. movies I saw there, Gremlins, yeah, uh, with my grandma. Oh, beautiful. She also took me the following year, I think, to see Crop Dundee, yeah. which was back-to-back oh, with classic. Foot Rock Flats. Amazing. I remember seeing you guys after Last Crusade. I was oh, going yeah. into Last oh, Crusade. Who had just that. seen okay. it? And I think there was a mix-up because I said, you, "Have you just watched Back to the Future too?" And you go, "No, we've just d- done Last Crusade." Yeah, that was an exciting time. That and then we all went. I remember this day uh, to watch Pulp Fiction. Uh, Herschel was at uni at ANU, so that's in Canberra. Craig and I hung around in Sydney and went to university in Sydney. And Losers. one one uh, <laughs> night we went to see Goodwill Hunting. Oh man! It, so just to, to give all of our listeners uh, an insight into Craig's soul, uh. <laughs> we were sitting there watching the movie, and these kids uh, oh. were maybe like ten rows down, oh, boy. talking like crazy. Mm. And, and it was exactly, and I'm not Too making loud. this up. Too loud. Very loud, yeah. like very loud. Awesome. And I what, in previews or the movie? No, no, the movie, man. Okay, the movie. And That's unforgivable. This was a, and and what Craig did was exactly like uh, George Costanza in Seinfeld. <laughs> Craig went. I couldn't believe what was going on. He stood up, my jaw dropped. He walked to these three, these two like punks. <laughs> sat behind them. Gr- this is true. I'm not waking it's this up. Like a scene he, grabbed, he grabbed the collars <laughs> on the shoulder <laughs> and he said something like, "Shut up." <laughs> And if you don't shut up, what? when this move is over, me and that guy over there. <laughs> what, you? Yeah, me. I'm sitting there. I can't, I'm speechless. Yeah, I'm bringing you in on it. And Craig goes, we, it said something like, when, he, when, when you come out the front, we're going to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> and th- th- I can't I'm, believe this. Craig, I do no, not, no, no. I, uh, it's a, I've been telling this. the story to various people well, for okay. decades. Amazing. Okay? Amazing. It's true. Craig did it, and they never spoke again. Well, yeah. Well, I, no, well, I mean, you're my we hero. we care about cinema. That's like, why you're my hero. Hell. I do a thing now where people are talking. I walk in front, <laughs> the row in front. Oh my I gosh. put my knees in, and I lean in forward right in their faces. And it's really confronting, because you don't expect the man Wait, to be you, doing that. You actually do this. Yeah, and I say... Hey guys, I just need you to know that everyone can hear you talking right now. 
And then I just do this and then way. I don't leave for a while. I just sort of stare at them and then they don't know what to do. <laughs> if, and then I walk away at, back if, to my when seat. When we're at the movies, if you're gonna <laughs> okay. do that, yeah. alert me <laughs> and I'll nah, move seats nah, to nah, another nah, area. You're okay? in. You've got to be in with it. <laughs> the other the other thing, it's interesting that you brought up Goodwill Hunting, because the last film I saw there, I was two thousand and it must have been two thousand. Dogma. The Kevin Smith film. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was the last film. And I went in the Is middle of the Smith? day. Yeah. No, it's last one, Trier. No, not that one. Oh, different. The, okay. the crazy one with Ben Affleck and oh, the yeah, yeah, angels. Yeah, yeah. And I went in there and it was the last film I ever saw that was in its final weeks of operating the cinema. Isn't Alanis yeah. Morris sitting there? Yeah. yeah she that's plays right. God, wow. I think. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sitting there and no one was there and no one was in the entire venue. Wow. And I took a phone call. Like one of the first times I had a mobile phone and I was like, oh. And someone called me and I go, hey, I'm in the cinema. No one's here. And I just uh, talked during Dog. It's not a great film at all. So I, 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 I don't it. think I've seen yeah. it. But that was the one end of my experience. formative experiences was me, you, uh, Hirsch was away at uni again. Yeah. Me, you and Glenn David watching Chasing Amy. Oh, also in Hayden Cinema. In Hayden. Wow. You kept on telling so me I could Chasing Amy was. I loved I mean, I just remember being so affected by that movie. I, d- I haven't seen it since. But I just remember thinking um, it, it was just... It was doing so many unexpected things and very cool and very hip mm. at the time. It's the Blacktown Twin Drive-In. Uh, conveniently located in Bushland between the Blacktown <laughs> and Prospect Reservoir freeway exits, it opened in 1963 and was originally known as the Skyline Drive-In. Guys? Yeah, I, I'm all, one of my favourite things in recording these episodes is um, listening to what Craig's going to choose <laughs> as a Western Sydney lad. The drive-in... Um, it's twofold really wonderful for me. Herschel and I grew up, we, remember Leon used to take us to the drive-in? Yeah, my older brother used wow. to take us to the drive-in. We saw Batman, the, which we've talked about in another podcast, at the drive-in. The other thing I will say is when we had, when I had Byron, my five-year-old son, mm. it's hard to go out. And so one of the things we did was we would put his bassinet in the back of our car. <laughs> and, for example, we saw that first rebooted Star Wars at um, Wait, what, you mean The Force Awakens? Yes, at Blacktown Drive. You drove out from... Drove out there. So because good. the thing is, there's nothing else you can do, right? You're just yep. praying for a bit of time. And <laughs> so you go to the drive-in, um, he goes to sleep, and we watched Star Wars and then drove the 40 minutes back to Marrickville. My memory of the driving is, they always played two movies, mm. and the challenge was, could you make it up? Could you stay up for both movies? And if you sit in the backseat of a little car... Um, <laughs> You know, it, was, it, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a, an expensive, massive car or anything like that. You would be constantly moving. You're trying to find to the stay best awake. position. And yeah. basically, if you're in the back seat with somebody else, like Bruce and I were kids in the back seat, basically your heads had to be <laughs> right next to each other to, to view between the headrests. That's mm-hmm. what you had to do. The other thing I remember is I remember Dirty Dancing opening. We didn't go to watch Dirty Dancing, but I remember our brother came home and the next day we were talking to him and he said they had to, they had to leave. Because the queue for Dirty Dancing was so long that they closed off the entire field. Wow. Like, can you imagine a sellout driving session, right? I should say there are 720 car spots there. Really? That's a, I mean, yeah. we're, we're probably of that generation that was just on the tail end of drivings. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, the driving we know in the folklore of, of the history of cinema. But for our generation, you could still go. I don't think anybody really goes to the drive-in as much now, do uh, they? No, it's making a comeback. There. The I mean, COVID situation has forced the comeback in the drive-in. I remember yeah. going there because I saw a couple of things at the drive-in when Byron was young. I was amazed at how polished it was. So, for example, they've got this kind of 50s diner set up mm. between the two screens, the, the areas. So 
you watch a movie, but if you go and get food, it's like you step onto the set of Happy Days. So <laughs> they, they're creating this whole... Oh, it's awesome. It's a kind That's of nostalgic... Smart. You know, time portal, and that is smart, I think, because they understand that the driving does not have that cachet that it had in the fifties. So let's project you back to the fifties. So it's an interesting. There's something technique. else that I, that I vividly remember the driving is. Do you guys remember the early driving stuff? The technology they had was you'd rock up in a car, oh. you wind your window down, <laughs> yeah. and you take a box off a pole yeah, yeah, yeah. and you <laughs> hang it off a window, which you then can't close. So if you're there in winter, I don't know what the hell you do, but you hang the box off the window, mm-hmm. and then the entire car. Is listening. Th- so if you think, yeah, but it, except it, the box is at the front driver's. Yeah, it's in side. the driver's ear. So <laughs> it's in the driver's ear. So if you're thinking, if stereo sounds like we grow up with surround sound and and we we get everything we want now, <laughs> you go to the driving back then. There's no stereo sound because it's coming through a single speaker next to the driver. Mm. Then I remember us going and for the first time, there was that technology where you take the the pin and you clamp it onto the antenna. Yeah, and it comes through the car radio. What? Yeah. And I remember thinking, you know, what the, what, is, what the hell is alchemy? What is this satanic <laughs> kind of technology that they're using? And I thought it was the coolest the thing advanced. I'd ever seen. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. You know, that to me was, I just didn't I understand. Actually, I've been checking out Blacktown's um, program. The Sydney Film Festival has a program where they include the drive-in in it now. And yeah. they... Texas they Chainsaw did, Massacre. Yeah, and Texas they, Chainsaw. You know, they had that was massive. That was sold out. Yeah. Can you imagine if we all went to the drive-in? What a night. That would be so much fun. Now, I remember back in 88 going to see Roger Rabbit. At the drive-in? Yeah, the whole family. Oh, wow. We saw, what a we saw Rabbit at um, Penrith Hayden. Remember? Yeah, Penrith yeah. Hayden. We saw it. Yeah. Uh, we had to get in the station wagon, and it was because Grandma was with us. The station wagon had what's called a dicky seat in the back. Mm-hmm. Is that facing backwards, right? Yeah, facing yeah, backwards. Exactly. So me and Todd <laughs> are in the me and Todd are in the back, facing the wrong way. <laughs> and so we had to I got this image much of Todd <laughs> sitting facing the wrong way. Everyone's watching the movie except he couldn't Todd. be bothered turning around. <laughs> but we had to sit on our knees and just peek behind the the back seat and look forward and try and see the movie. It was <laughs> and, still the best and, night. And you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, to a, to a decent extent, that's a child's movie, right? That was pitched yeah. as a kids' movie, and the kids. They've got the seats in the back. You can't see a thing. Mm-hmm. But the parents are following the plot perfectly. I mostly remember it on VHS as opposed yeah. to the scene. Funny thing about I, Fr- I Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit, it holds up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I great. just watched it's it brilliant. recently. It is just kind of homage to Chinatown mm. because it's the idea of huge corporations trying yeah, to take land of the sort of, you know, the toons who are going to be disenfranchised <laughs> and stuff. Mm. And I like that there's all these little in-jokes about classic noir and stuff. I yeah. just think it's... Brilliant! It's the, and Bob Hoskins. We should we should put it on the the, the podcast. I'd love to do that. Bob Hoskins is fantastic in yeah. that movie. I'd also like to shout out to all the regional cinemas, like the one you guys mentioned earlier, over Coffs Harbour, Harbour yeah. that we went to growing up. I remember seeing a lot in Bega and Batemans Bay and Nowra, just down oh, south. Oh, can I shout yeah. out to a cinema that I adore? Please, Huskisson Pictures. Yes, uh, near Jervis Bay. Uh huh. And interestingly, I should mention. I'm cooking up a little thing with a couple of people Whoa. to maybe do a, f- a mini film festival maybe early in next year at Huskisson. That's so good. We should all go and check out. I'd love to. With, I was thinking something like an ocean theme. Yes. You screen Jaws in Huskisson. Mm. Who would not go and watch that movie? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's a proper cinema. Mm. And like they're gonna charge for tickets and everything. I think I went to like somewhere like Barry to see Toy Story Three. Barry's, gr- I, like, I guess the town of Barry's, like if you know, or, one of the best places. Like I'm yeah, trying I to love remember those little regional cinemas yeah. that oh. are still doing it for less than ten bucks. They're yeah. getting p- kids in over the holidays. Yeah. It's so cool. I remember going to a small cinema in Noosa 
And that's where I saw, with Lockie, I saw Star Wars The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and he oh. dressed up. Oh, and that's he had nice, uh. his um, he had his Kylo Ren outfit on, yeah. and I've got a photo of me with my Darth Vader shirt and him with his Kylo Ren and his sword, about to go in to watch it. Now we're getting close to the end of our Western Sydney episode, but I thought it would be a great time to talk about some of the other cultural landmarks from our youth. First up, I'd just like to say two words that'll get us talking: Australia's Wonderland. <laughs> The greatest fun you'll ever have is right here at Australia's Wonderland. Thrill to the bush beast, Australia's biggest roller coaster. Wow. For those who don't know, it was an amusement park, Australia's biggest amusement yeah. park, and it was in Rudy, in Hill. Rudy Hill. We love Wonderland so much, we got Wonder Passes. And I those Wonder Passes allowed you, you didn't get a Wonder Pass, I didn't Greg. get one. Yeah, we had Wonder Passes. We, we, we used to go there like every day. Yeah, we used to go there like, uh, the like every second day we'd be at Wonderland. And the other thing is we'd go to Wonderland so often that sometimes we'd be there and there were very few other people in the entire park. Well, that's the best thing. It was yeah. something Western Sydney owned because all of the wankers from the other towns, <laughs> they had to travel for an hour to get yeah, there. Yeah, you yeah. had to get the train to Rudy Hill and a bus. We literally, like if our parents had taken us, mm. that was like a six-minute drive. Yeah. And it was just you'd be there. And the other thing I really loved about it is because, you know, you'd go there for ages and because I had a one pass, we go can there I, all can the I time. Can I just point out a, a, a fun thing about the Western Suburbs? It's a six-minute drive or about an hour and a half on the bus and train <laughs> system in the Western Suburbs. <laughs> yeah, well, transport was yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, but I just remember, you know, roller coasters – Remember the um, Bush Bees? The Bush Bees. The Bush Bees roller coaster made oh, so much wow. noise that was a the party was thinking it's going to go over the edge. It was There's the no biggest this wooden thing. roller coaster in the world, I believe. Hang on for Bounty's Revenge. All aboard the Snowy River Rampage. Race the West Slide. We went on the Bush Beast and Herschel <laughs> was sitting next to my older brother, Leon, <laughs> yeah. like in front. Me and my mum are sitting in the, in the, just behind. Mm. And you know how the bush bees crawl, like all roller coasters, crawl slowly up that hill and it yeah. goes over the thing. Now, Herschel and I had never been on a roller coaster, but neither had my mum. Whoa. So, my, now, <laughs> it was a completely new experience like, for us. And if you've never been on a roller coaster, you don't quite understand the G-force thing, the effect it's going to have on your yeah. stomach. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we go over again. <laughs> I think... Firstly, I had no idea what was going on because it was so much more terrifying than I thought. Mm. But bless my mum's heart, we got to the bottom, right, of the first hill. Like, yeah. And my mum just grabbed me. <laughs> like, obviously, there's a bar on me. Yeah. But my mum's, like, hooking me in and, like, holding me really tight <laughs> and screaming at my brother to hold her because it's so much more ferocious than we yes. met. So then we come around. you got to get out. So we get out. <laughs> and we walk off. Hershey like. Like terrified, right? <laughs> but my mum, for whatever reason, is laughing. Mm, mm. So we walk, we walk off, and I think Maxie, my sister, wasn't on it. She goes, "What we?" <laughs> and my mum goes, "I pissed, <laughs> I pissed myself on the, oh, on the road." No, Mrs. Isaac. That is so sad. <laughs> I just have such a memory of my mum laughing, <laughs> and we go, "What? What you do?" <laughs> and, yeah, and so the person who went in after us sat in there. Oh, no, no. Yeah, well, hey, well that's what I must say. That's the story. Let me say there were a, a whole bunch of lands, like Disneyland. <laughs> there was a fantasy <laughs> land. There was a, a, a bush ranger type land. Yeah. Pioneer land, Ned I think Kelly's. it was. Remember Ned Kelly's Ned getaway? getaway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that and was and awesome. so they, they had the pirate ship and the fantasy land. Then they had the, the license that they paid for, which was Hanna-Barbera Hanna land. land. yeah. So you had all the stuffed characters of the Hound Dog and yeah. Yeah, Fred the Flintstones walking around. Do you remember? 
remember the buzz that came with the demon roller coaster oh, that got installed yeah. later. Yeah. That was the roller coaster that went upside down. Yeah. Mm, I remember with that so Wonder Pass, we once went there, there was no one there, and I went on the demon, and it goes forward, backward, upside down, and everything, corkscrew. <laughs> then it came in, and there's no one in line, right? Mm. And then they go, you can go again if you want, and we just stayed on it. And I did three demons yeah. in wow. one, and I got off, and I thought my head was going to explode. <laughs> I had a headache for the rest of the day. The 80s yeah. was a real prestige time for amusement parks. Here's some of the others. And the great thing is most of them were out in Western Sydney. There was O'Neill's Adventureland. What was that? That was at Preston's. It was just hey, like I got one for you. Collection. Mount Druitt Waterworks. There you oh, go. Do, you kidding You me? boys went there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mount Druitt Waterworks. Waterworks. Waterworks is now like a landscaping that place. That was the most there were six slides. grungy. Um, there was also a rumor that on yeah. the on the biggest slide yes. that people had stuck a razor blade. Razor, blade. razor blades on it. And so yeah. I was very cautious about going on that slide. You know, once Bruce, um, at you remember when they opened the water the water park at Australia's Wonderland? Remember the yes. beach? Yes, the beach. Huge, yeah. huge. Peter Andre actually played there. Yeah, um, and we went to that. Remember yeah, Peter Andre. New Year's Eve. Once you, it's kind of thing we did Bruce, you went down that super fast water slide, yeah. and I was too afraid to go on it. And unfortunately, and then they I forgot to, to cross my legs. Nope. And when he came up, he's, my, he's, my his board my shorts had gone right up. I, I, oh. It was like it, it was a wedgie. Uh, well, it was, it was like an, an atomic, atomic wedgie, wedgie from it was an atomic wedgie. Here are uh, some of the other exciting amusement parks out that way. El Cabello Blanco. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, where, wow. where God, that's memories. Was it yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was near um, Raby, near Campbelltown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the Dolphin Park out that way. I don't know if you ever remember oh, that. No. The Lion Safari. Yeah, I remember the Lion um, Safari. Magic Kingdom. Yes. Yeah, Magic Kingdom. Jamboree. Jamboree Recreation Park, which still exists, and I think you can still go to it. Yeah, I went to Jamboree like three years ago. Two years yeah. ago, I'd like to go to Jamboree. And then somewhere near Ludnam was something called Notre Dame. Do you remember this? Yeah. It was an, a man who bought a lot of exotic animals like Joe Tiger. Joe, what's his name? Exotic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Joe, exotic Joe. Uh, Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Um, but then he went broke and one morning he got drunk and went out and just shot all of the animals. And so then what? he was arrested for it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was like a really oh, tragic story. Horrible. But then there was always a rumor that a panther escaped and became, you know, the panther of the Penrith Panthers Mountains rumors. So <laughs> the, <laughs> you don't know the panther? No, I didn't. I, I the didn't the know Blue that. Mountains Panthers? No. That, where they get the name the Penrith Panthers from? It's like a famous. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that's the. That there's a rumor that there was a panther in the mountains. Okay, I, that just reminded me that I once, when I was at uni at Western Sydney, looked up all of the place names and what they meant. And like Emu Plains was because there were emus and the whites mm. found emus there. And then Emu Heights was just off there. Kingswood was named because there was a family who owned a big property called the Kings, and they had farmland and it was woods. Mm. Saint Mary's was named after a very kindly woman that ran the saddlery because the the train line used to stop at Saint Mary's. Oh, that's fantastic. And she was called Mary, and it was St. Mary's. Um, And then Penrith was named after some British bloke named the Earl of Penrith or whatever. Um, And then I remember this, I've made a joke about this before, but St. Clair was named St. Clair because of a land, the Landex, yeah, the Landex Corporation, Corporation, who just went, well, it sounds like St. Mary's, let's pick another name. And that was the only origin <laughs> of what that was. It was so sad. Uh, and then there was like Rudy Hill, which was 
named because there was obviously a very rooty hill there. I don't think. What the hell is a rooty hill? Well, the, the there hill was the, the hill, which I think is not near Narrenjinja Reserve, but near you. If you got the bus to Wonderland from Rooty Hill Station, mm. you'd go past a big hill. I forget ah, what the reserve is okay. called. That was the Rooty Hill. Yeah. that it was named <laughs> after. Okay. <laughs> um, now let's have a listen to our two discussions on Parkland Markets and Aquagolf. We'll be back in a moment. Once Bruce Isaacs got his license. We'd be cruising around in the Isaacs family maroon Commodore to the cinemas to watch a movie on Friday and sometimes Saturday night. And as we've discussed on the show many times, uh, we've seen a lot of films at the cinema together. And after the movie, there were a couple of things we'd love to do. One of them was hit up McDonald's for a 30-cent ice cream cone and chat about the film. But the big one I want to talk about today is driving all the way up to Penrith Panthers for a very strange ritual called... Aquagolf. Aqua <laughs> Can I just brief, like, well, I mean, mm. this is such a wonderful topic because these memories are so profound for us, right? I just want to say, in that reference to driving the Commodore around, mm-hmm. my, um, Urshel and my parents were in South Africa for a visit. No, just, so just the parents. The I, I was in the car, man. No, no, I said Urshel and my <laughs> oh. parents. So our parents were in South Africa for a visit for the whole summer. Mm, mm. And I was the, Herschel went for his uh, license, failed. Failed. Uh, I think, Craig, you also failed, maybe. I failed. And I was the last mm-hmm. one to have a go, and I just snuck through. Yes. And I remember we, we I was driving us to Penrith Plaza, all of us in the car. Cause, and the other memory I have is we were blaring zombie by the crowd. Yes. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. That was brilliant. that summer, right? <laughs> that was anyway, But you had so it on a tape. And then and to listen to it again, you had to you, you listen to it and then you had to rewind it yeah, and yeah, wait yeah, until really. it was rewound and, and started again. And that song and the cranberries meant so much to us. Anyway, can I, I just say, growing yeah. up out that way, public transport didn't exist and yeah. everything like it's an hour to walk to the next town out west because everything's just much bigger and sprawling. Yeah, and the suburbs and are like a big sprawl. Right? The bus yeah. comes every half an hour and then you'll <laughs> mostly miss it and then it takes an hour to even get to the train station before you can go anywhere. So you really <laughs> needed so to learn to how to drive. In the city so the inner west, when you yeah. scraped through and got your license, oh, it was that a was godsend like, Jesus, for us. That was freedom. It was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And I just want to say, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but that really failed me on a ridiculous technicality <laughs> okay. in, in my situation. <laughs> All right. And you, you know what really broke me, Craig? Because your dad... Your yep. dad picked us up after my oh, test, right. and he said, "How did you go?" And I go, um, "Nah, I failed." And he <laughs> said, "Are you silly duffer?" And he, just, and he just turned and walked back to the car. And I was, I was so low, I was like a broken person. <laughs> I, I just want to say one very, and I, okay, that was at Mount Jurati. Yeah, I remember, Mount Jurati. Yeah. We're gonna do golf in one second because yeah. I love the topic. But I just want to say, on the very first afternoon, uh, we're in the Commodore. <laughs> I'm behind the wheel. Mm. I made a mistake at a big intersection at, uh, as we head into Penrith. So I cross over the light, but the oh light boy. goes red on me. <laughs> and I'm nervous, so I can't push through. So I decide to do what I think any person who's only had their license for an hour would do. <laughs> I put the car in reverse. No. <laughs> and I floor it to go back. I don't know if you guys remember. You reverse, but I reverse into a person. straight into a taxi. Not into a person. A taxi. No, I no, no, no. I'm someone a person over. in the car, man. <laughs> I ran into a taxi. So then oh, we all freaked and I stopped and we all got out and the taxi guy started screaming at me <laughs> and I was very unnerved. <laughs> and then, they and then out of the there was a guy mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. completely blotto. I yeah. mean, father, that means very drunk. And it was about one in the afternoon and he came running from across the street from a pub. And for some reason, he started defending yeah. me. Yeah, remember he, he, he goes, he he goes no, 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 no. I saw it all. 
It was the taxi driver that ran into yeah. you. Don't admit anything. Yeah. And, and, I was, and he was so drunk. And I just, it was, <laughs> it was like we were in Bowie's Afraid. <laughs> it was our I best defence, that I guy. mean, anyway, that was, so, anyway, but, okay, that was just such a, a, a profound moment for me. But you remember, we saw, zombie, remember how we I solved remember. that problem? We gave the guy 30 bucks. Yeah, we gave the guy, we, we all the scrunched yeah. together mm. and we gave the cabbie 30 bucks for yeah. a broken grill. And then grill. he let us go. <laughs> anyway, aqua golf that was like profound. Okay, I just want to exp- I want to describe because if you say aqua golf to people, yeah, it's weird. Like, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. So I want to describe it really quickly. <laughs> what you do is you go to Penrith Panthers, which is the club it's Vegas attached. of the West. Well, sure. yeah, it's, no, no, that's Rudy Hill. Oh, Don't right. get that wrong, pal. <laughs> Tell its own postcode. I, Rudy I know Hill. it had one Rudy one pokey machine less than a casino license. It had it right to the brink of. How come? Pokey. Why didn't they just? No, they, they didn't want to get go to go into another situation. Yeah, yeah. So they had exactly one under. Yeah, yeah. So. The reason I am still so connected to aqua golf is because Lockie, my son, and I, we go watch the Penrith Panthers. Now, mm. for our listeners out there, the Penrith Panthers at the moment are the most successful national rugby league team uh, in the competition. <laughs> and they are, tied, they are the Penrith Panthers, and that's what the club's tied to. At the back of the Panthers is aqua golf, where you walk up and you hit a bucket of balls into water. <laughs> so it's not like a driving range, and they, only yeah, give you, and they only give you a sandwich. Yeah. So or you can't pitch, eat no, a pitching, pitching wedge, or sandwich. wedge or sandwich. And you obviously you can't eat a driver or something because it only goes a certain distance. But we would spend our time getting Maccas and ice cream and then we'd be hitting golf mm. balls into the water. And yeah. I just remember hot nights when mosquitoes, I was getting bitten <laughs> by mosquitoes all the time, hitting golf balls. Yeah. And if you, hit, if you hit particular targets, you could like win money and stuff Wait, like that. Wait, I want to make that? it clear. This wasn't like, we're not like rich, fancy New Yorkers who go to a no. driving range. This is no. not the clientele. The clientele are weird kids, family members. It's just like <laughs> and pe- then people us. who don't want to play pokies are now it's, there I mean, it's instead. It's kind of yeah. like a broken social environment, like yeah. an American movie. It was <laughs> really strange. There's right? a bit of American movie <laughs> yeah. in that oh, golf. There's a lot of American movie in our lives, I reckon. Well, look, first of all, hitting the tin, like they were metal sheets and they had a circle in yeah. the middle. If you got it in, you got you could win up no, to 500. Money. But yeah. if you, you just hit a tin, if you, you hit got a, a tin, bucket of balls. Or you got a free voucher. Oh, yeah, a bucket of balls. Just, that's bucket right. of balls. And yeah. that was like the greatest thrill in life. And do you guys remember mm. when I created that, that particular shot to Billy Madison yeah. where you close yeah. the face of the club <laughs> and you run up and do a, whirl, <laughs> a whirlwind <laughs> and then try and hit it as yeah, far as you that was out of Billy Madison that we were all trying to perfect. But then the other shot was... To hit it with the edge of the club completely yeah. open, but you, your aim would have to be so perfect that you'd hit halfway, of the, and then you'd hit it as if you were hitting with a low lofted club, like a driver. Yeah, yeah. Because we would try and hit it over the lake. <laughs> the fence. We'd hit it. And we'd try and get the it past bushes. the fence. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a boat. Remember the boat would tug, 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 yeah. tug. It was like and then, a gas and then boat. Everyone tried to hit and it. it had a cage for the driver <laughs> to sit in. T- and they just had a big neck collecting all the I balls. Know. But uh, one thing, when we leave Golf, it's the saddest because that's usually the last thing we do at the night. Yeah. yeah. So you'd start with going to the movies. Then that's you'd right. Get you get knackers and, uh, and then the night finishes. And then you're there. And then it's like, oh, the slow walk back to the car park at Panthers. And then you've just got to drive home and go, oh, I guess yeah. we go to bed. Because it's always a hell of a lot of fun. It was yeah. The, yeah. And, and I don't, you know, I don't want to <laughs> reference the like and this is again, us in our 18, 19, 20s. We were, this like isn't, the, you know. we were like the obverse of Dazed and Confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were like not cool enough to be last day of school involved but in... But there's a bit of Dazed and Confused about it because yeah, but we, it were the out, we were the people in the out, though. Yeah, but Herschel's Dazed and Confused that you wouldn't film and then release it <laughs> yeah, at but, a film festival. But there's a Matthew McConaughey at Aqua yeah. Golf, I reckon. There's a, there's a handful sure. of them at Aqua I reckon Golf. there'd be a 35-year-old there trying to pick <laughs> up uh, kids yeah, and stuff. There's a couple of yeah. toolies. But it's also like how important those things were as rituals for us. Like yeah. we all connected over yeah, it. Yeah. Like we didn't go to Aqua Golf like one Friday. 
Yeah. We went to Akagoff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd like, be talking about movies you know? or people that we liked at school. Stuff yes. like that. But I should say... It's still there. Unlike yeah. a lot of the stuff we talk about, this one you that's can amazing. go listen. We should get Aquagolf. Yeah. Like, in yeah, the yeah let's take the kids. Yeah, wanna... All right. Well, that's it. That's the dream of Aquagolf. Still available at Penrith Pants if you want to get out there. As I, a, I, I, yes. I, sort of, I hope people who are listening have the same kind of like memories of these sorts of things, like mm. things you bonded over, right? I love the fact that we all get to have this podcast and like for 10 minutes before we start go, hey, there was this amazing memory. It's you know? strange because growing up being qualitative, it wasn't the coolest stuff and we knew it. We <laughs> knew we were lo- losers, so yeah. to speak, or dags and, you know, and we knew the kids were out at clubs when we were at Aquagolf. Yeah, Reactor one. Yeah, Reactor, Reactor 1. Reactor 1 or mm. Kryptonite at Panthers. Now when we look back on it, that's our best stuff that's our goal I mean I look back on it with pride to but isn't is that isn't that exactly out of stand by me when he says yeah. when you look back at it yeah. when they think they've got all the insecurities yeah, yeah, yeah. Of that, mm. but you'll never get those friends but also, again but also the whole era of like that kind of teen growing up movie John Hughes mm. you know Ferris Bueller Breakfast Club that even though you might not be the jock you might not be the cool person what you do has meaning for you it yeah. does stuff for yeah. you right yeah. and then you, when you reflect on it one day those are like primal things you did. Yeah. All right. Well, there it is. Aqua Golf. Get out there. Penrith Panthers. What a great place to go out. Uh, yeah. and, hey, and still a great place. Again, after out. the after the South Sydney Penrith game, they had a cover band. One of the best <laughs> cover bands I've ever okay. seen in my life. All right. And remember, it's air conditioned. Like most of the great clubs out in the West, it's air conditioned, and that's all that matters most that of the time. That is an incredibly random thing to <laughs> well, say. Well, no. When it's hot and it's yeah, summer it's, out it's there, what, most people are summer drinking because degrees. they want to be cold. Yeah. We're going to talk about a place where culture met consumerism. Yes, I'm talking about the biggest indoor markets in the Southern Hemisphere, <laughs> Parkley Markets. It's a big market just north of Blacktown. Our parents used to take us to Parkley Markets like maybe once every, I don't know, six weeks, two months. And the thing about Parkley Markets is if you start at one end and just keep walking in a single direction, you could be there for hours before, <laughs> before, <laughs> before you see daylight on the other it. side. Because yeah. there's like exits and entrances on at the four corners. The other thing that I loved about Parkley Markets, it was this unknown quantity, because you turn up and you'd never, it was kind of like a day at school. You never, you were never quite sure what was gonna happen once you were in that place. Bruce, remember there was that dude in the middle who had that huge book stand? Yes. yes. What do you mean, that book stand? Yeah. That was our lives That's iconic, for years. That but how's, how's the world changed? Try to give the central real estate <laughs> of a, a, a public of a public meeting place to a bookseller, yeah. a second-hand bookseller. And it was nowadays, the biggest second-hand yeah. bookseller, I think, uh, a book like collection mm. that I've ever seen. Outside of like, there was this great bookshop that Ursh and I used to go to in Penrith, uh, off oh, High Street. I know that one. That's yeah, it. I love that place, right? Yeah, we Ursh yeah. and I used to just wander through there. So because we were very book geeky people. I'm not exactly sure what mum and dad's investment in Park Lee was because we wouldn't get a lot of stuff. But we'd go there and Herschel and I would literally, we'd go to our parents, okay, we're going to go to the books thing. Mm. And we would be there for two hours <laughs> well, just they had, browsing they, the There shelves. were a lot of, for me, there were a lot of DVDs yeah. and oh, there were a lot wonderful. of VHS at the yeah. time. Um, not as big as, I remember that book place, just huge. Yeah. But even that person had a few crates of you know movies that yeah. I could go through. There was also a lot of knockoff merchandise, like movie posters, movie and there t-shirts. Was, there were t-shirts, so and many. And there was t-shirts. every kind of stall you could imagine, because mm. I think that kind of pop entertainment that we were all into was a, a thing there much more than it is now, because everything's gone online, right? But back then, 
it was like you collected things and you wanted tangible things. So you could buy like our Terminator poster, for yeah, example, yeah, that yeah. we talked about in ep- a few episodes ago. Or you could get the sunglasses. Or yeah. if you were suddenly, because American culture and sport was becoming big, say in the Western suburbs, mm. so suddenly you could go there and go, I'm going to buy a Lakers shirt. And you wouldn't buy an actual Lakers shirt, which would cost you 150 bucks. You'd buy the one for you know 1895 because it was a knockoff you made. Just, you, know, in... you never wash it because if you wash it, it's the end <laughs> it, of it would but fray. It's <laughs> it, it's Every it. kid got their pop culture items, like their shoes. Everyone wanted the knockoff shoes from Parkway yeah. Market. You remember LA Everyone... Gear? Yeah, what that well, company. Yeah. LA Gear's back, man. Big W, get in there. What is that true? Yeah, man. What does a pair of LA Gear cost you in Big W? Big W is a low, low, oh, low Big entry w level. You um, know, a uh, store. So, but okay. like, our, remember Glenn, da- Glenn David, yes. our buddy, lovely person, very close friend of ours. He got LA gear, and it was either him or another kid just kept pressing that the the basketball. No, no, that was Reebok, Reebok, Reebok pumps. But I think that's LA right. Gear but then the thing off. blew. Yeah, someone over someone blew their. It was shoe. like Austin Powers when it blew up in his face. Yeah, yeah. Someone blew <laughs> their Reebok pump. I remember that at school. The other thing on Parkley Markets is um, remember it was like a cultural thing because mm. we grew up in the western suburbs and like for. For people listening, if you've been to a school, if you uh, went to a school or something where, you know, you might have the odd person that's not, you know, that's not sort of Caucasian or something like that. We grew up in a melting pot. Mm, yeah. And when you went to Parkley Markets and when you had lunch there, you could choose yes. from the widest array of foods that you could yeah. imagine. That was one of my favorite And games. you should say this, Herschel, this was also like late 80s, right? Like mm. mid, say 87, 88. So this is a long time ago where you would be exposed to those things that only became much more popular later. Like now you can go to Inner West, you can get anything you want. But this was so cool. At oh, Park yeah, Go- Goslema and yeah, yeah. Oh, you'd get incredible. that there. You'd never heard of it and before. And you get to a place and there's people who got huge pots of yeah, curry. And that, yeah. you know, Park like, Lee was also like, like for me, I reflect on it now, right? And it was an indication also of the difference of cultural boundaries in Sydney. Mm. Because if you even now, if you go to Park Lee, it's a little bit different. But you still see the complete like division between going out there and going to the market, say, around the city. Like Addison you, Road markets. Yeah, you see a different <laughs> kind of different. culture. <laughs> yeah. It's a different culture. It's a different dress. It's a different politics. And I remember going to Christmas carols once with Rebecca, and we went to, um, we went to like, Southwest. Mm-hmm. They had, like, an event on. And every, well, 90% of people there were in Muslim garb. Mm. And it was this amazing experience because we're sitting there and Byron was a baby still and people are singing Christmas carols, but it was not the domain Christmas carols on like yeah, Christmas yeah, Eve yeah. where Delta Goodrum gets up, right? <laughs> and it's a reminder of, wow, there it is. We grew up with this, like in, in a cultural space. It's so miles away from, you know, the the east mm. or the north. Cool, or, yeah. Well, I find well, it I weird. It was We're lucky for that. Uh, ending up at in the industry I work in, where everyone um, presents as if they're quite diverse and stuff. But it's yeah. most, you know, it's at least half all white, right? But you, no one grew up out west. So yeah, same with there's this weird you, you fetishization of, of other or different, and it's also not familiar to them. Because there's more fish for sale than swimming in the ocean, more fruit and veggies than at the Easter show. Like this goes back to the scale you were talking about, Ursula. Like they say, have a Parkland Markets day. day yeah. Spend your mm-hmm. whole day there. 
like show up and just, yeah, yeah. Cheap just, but wonder, that's just roam. You know, it was also the closest thing you could get to going to the Easter show. Yeah. That rush of the showbag pavilion is, is <laughs> similar rush. to a, a park I've actually never been to the and Easter show. And you didn't show. have to... You, it, what? It was I've never been to the Easter show. I've never been to the Easter show. I got a train spotting t-shirt when I was older oh, there. Yeah. I went there and got a train spotting t-shirt. I should say, it's still operating today. It's been there for at least 30 hey, years. we should go there sometime. Oh, to go. We'll take the kids. Let's, so take so the ki- Let's go to Park Lee so no. in the next few weeks. Okay, there's parking for 17,000 cars. Which is sounds weird to me, but remember how hard it was to find a car park? That was the worst because part. Seventeen thousand car parks, and I still remember driving around forever. And then there was the second lot that's like down. Yeah, yeah. But then you got to like, walk oh, a mile. Man, it's like yeah. Australia's Wonderland. Remember you go yeah, there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spend the first two hours every day finding a car park. Well, there it is. If you want a slice of life and a, a, an experience different to how you might be living, go to Parkley Markets and get yourself. There's Mr. Whippy there. Don't worry about that. There's a whole bunch of Mr. <laughs> Whippy stationed at every entrance and exit. So you can grab an ice cream cone and walk around and then get some delicious food from another place. Well, that's it for our special Western Sydney episode, or as the kids are calling it nowadays, the area, or as our elders are still calling it, Darug. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. The next time you hear from us, we're going to be back in our usual programming as we compare two of the most iconic Christmas films of all time, Frank Campra's 1946 tearjerker, It's a Wonderful Life, versus the John Hughes-written 1989 smash hit, tearjerker for a different reason, National Lampoon's (laughs) Christmas Vacation. Don't forget, you boys excited for that? Uh, I can't tell you how much Christmas Vacation... Obviously, I love Capra, but Christmas Vacation, we watch it every year. Yeah, well, I watch both those movies every year, and Mm. I often watch It's a Wonderful Life more than once over the Christmas Mm. period. It's very nice. It's so iconic in cinema. Remember the Mm. scene in Gremlins where she's chopping the vegetables and she's watching It's a Wonderful Life? Chevy Chase's performance (laughs) in National (laughs) Lampoon's Christmas Vacation (laughs) has to be appreciated it's, it's 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 i Jesus. was thinking of how basil faulty plays that clown yeah. who is so annoyed but trying you should their talk best about the, the chevy yeah. chase yeah, clown I, I can do it well the physical humor the farce you remember yeah. when he stands on the wooden floorboard hits him in the yeah. head yeah. turns around <laughs> hits the other board and he's just constantly going well, between the I, two. I had a memory because we had to throw a whole bunch of tree stuff and i got yeah. sap all over my hands yeah. and yeah. i was walking to wash my hands and i just had a, a memory of um, Chevy Chase has all the, the sap on him from yes. the tree and he's in bed reading a magazine and he can't get the pages yeah. of just all that stuff is so great well there you go I might even do a little bit of my um my PhD thesis my yeah, great. comedy reading onto that for you with some of the comic archetypes there that is what you'll hear next time and what a great way to cap off the year a fantastic year of podcasting with over 10,000 downloads a lot of people have gotten behind this podcast we just want to say thank you for that and enjoy our Christmas special yes. coming out next week don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen so it'll help other people to find the podcast we're on instagram at film versus film podcast where you can see a lot of images i'm going to put them up of things that we talked about today from western mm. sydney a lot of i'll put up video yeah, cards Craig, you, you sent through some photos. stuff on our whatsapp yeah and it's fantastic like the licenses the photos yeah. we took from it's, passport and I think has, didn't you have like school photos as well? i'm going to put up school the photos school photos are funny as all hell yeah you're going to see some very fun stuff and good memories if you grow up out that way all right thank you very much for listening i've been craig anderson i've been herschel isaacs i've been bruce isaacs join us next time for film versus film take two film versus film, film.